Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Health Aspect Podcast. Um, I'm Brad Lockwood, your host, um, and this podcast is presented by Lockwood Lawns. It's my solar-powered lawn service. This this podcast itself is solar-powered, um, and uh, and and I do this podcast to advertise my my zero emissions lawn service. So. Uh, that's why I make this podcast and also to provide cool information. Um, typically, I'm co-hosting with my mom, who's a medical professional, uh, excuse me, a medical professional, and we talk about health issues, specific health issues, and how they affect individuals and how our habits can um, lead us to a better or worse outcome health-wise. And um, either that's the case or in some instances, um, I, I, I have a guest with me that, that knows um, some kind of specific knowledge um um th- these have ranged from um well, one of my good friends to my brother um that kind of thing um <clears throat> so today we're going to be talking about something that i find fascinating uh it's called hydroelectric pumped storage so um the the big problem that the electricity grid has to solve is it has to match the energy production with energy consumption so on one side you have all of the producers of electricity of coal-fired natural uh, excuse me coal-fired power plants you have gas-fired power plants you have solar in some cases you know wind um, and hydro hydroelectric uh, dams and that kind of thing and then on the consumer side you have all of us you have you know big big uh, industries you have residential houses and everything like that um, the the, the there's a lot of money and there's a lot of challenge in the in in the um or, or i should say there's, there's a lot of difficulty um excuse me in the challenge of balancing those two things the inputs and the outputs and and there is a price um that is paid to to balancing that to uh to to doing that balancing act well because it means efficiency um the the higher the higher those, uh, or, or the, mo- the more unmatched um, those two things are, the inputs and the outputs, um, that cost is being reflected somewhere. So um, either in the health of the grid itself um, or, or other ways, um, or, or in just the, um, or it could just be um, excess fuel spent by those um, fossil fuel burning companies. So, um, so, um, and, and I will get to pump storage at the end of this. It just takes a little bit of a lead up to it. Um, so when you, when you have these big power plants like coal-fired power plants and, and natural gas-fired power plants, those take a long time to change the amount of power output that they are producing at a given amount of time. And, you know, it, it takes a certain big coal-fired power plants up to 30 minutes to go from from offline to full power. It might even take longer than that. Um, it, it, it could, some of them it could take hours. Um, I, I don't know specific examples, but I do know it's on the order of you know, 20, 30 minutes to, you know, and maybe it could be even longer. Um, when you have an electrical grid with varying needs, like you, know, you could have a whole bunch of people plugging in their electric cars at one time, or say an entire neighborhood for some reason puts, <laughs> puts on their microwave at, at once, um, you know, um, the the needs of the grid vary all the time, and when you have these big, really big turbines um, that are that are that are producing electricity through the through the combustion 
of natural gas and coal, it's really hard to throttle those up to provide more power and, and, and hard to throttle them down. Uh, they're not very responsive. Um, some, some, uh, if, if, like a, you know, an analogy would be, um, 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 comparing like a diesel truck to, to a, um, to a motorcycle. A motorcycle is extremely responsive. It can change its RPMs really quickly. A, a diesel truck takes a long time to rev up. Um, uh, but it's, it's like that, but, but the difference between certain power plants is much more vast than that. Um, and, and, and the, on, on the motorcycle side of things, on the, on the small, light, um, nimble, uh, nimble um, um, uh, high response um, um, aspect of things, you have hydroelectric dams. Um, and what hydroelectric dams do is, in the case of York County here and the nearby counties, uh, the hydroelectric dams on the Susquehanna don't really provide a whole lot of electricity. The Susquehanna, uh, a bit, um, excuse me, the um, a hydroelectric dam gets its power from converting the potential energy of the water that is in the upper reservoir or upstream of the dam, um, converting that that um, potential energy into kinetic energy into spinning a a hydro turbine, which is typically on a vertical shaft. Um, so if you can picture, if you stick your right finger um, up in the air, picture, um, um, or, or think about it this way, um, say you have a wind turbine, um, which, which um, and, and, and point your finger, your right finger to the left, okay? If you have a wind turbine, um, you know, you know which way those blades rotate. They'd be rotating around your finger, right? And then turn your... Uh, your right pointer finger to point upwards and pretend that that turbine's still spinning around your finger um, it's just you know the you know the axis of that turbine is your finger and it's spinning either clockwise or counterclockwise basically um, hydroelectric dams work by flowing water through that turbine as it, you know you could almost think about it as if it's a wind turbine and and spinning and, and the force of that water water pushing those turbine blades and and and, um, and and pushing that that those, those those blades in that turbine and attached to that turbine is is an electrical generator and and that's how electricity is produced by hydroelectric dam. So um, to make a a, a a short story long, um, you, you can um, th these hydroelectric dams uh, um, in in contrast to the big um, um, gas and, and coal-fired power plants, they're able to throttle up and down. They're able to um, increase um, their and decrease their electricity output quite quickly in a matter of seconds in most cases. Um, most hydroelectric, well, I shouldn't say most, but many hydroelectric turbines are able to go from a dead stop from zero power to full power in, an, in around 60 seconds, some of them. Um, and, and I would just like to say the reason I know this is because I spent two summers as an intern at American Hydro, which is a hydroelectric turbine uh, um, producer. Uh, they design and produce hydroelectric turbines in-house here in York County. It's really cool, really cool company. Um, um, and that's where I learned all this. So, so hydro hydroelectric dams are able to throttle up and down. They have multiple units. They might have up to like eight 
uh, or even more. Um, eight individual turbines, and they're able to throttle up and down each of those turbines individually to meet specific electricity grid needs. And that's where they make their money. They're, especially on the Susquehanna here, since the upper reservoir isn't much higher um, than, than the lower reservoir in a lot of these cases, usually the difference between the upper and lower reservoir is around 10 to 20 feet on the Susquehanna here. Um, as a result of that, they're not able to squeeze a whole lot of power out of that falling water. Um, and uh, I would just like to say uh, an engineer would not describe this as falling water, but that's just a figure, just a, one way of saying it. Um, different dams, like the Hoover Dam, um, that is a different story. There, there are hundreds of feet of difference between the upper reservoir and the lower reservoir, and they are able to make tons of power out of that dam. That's a different story than what we have on the Susquehanna here. However, their existence is still justified in their flexibility, and that's where they make money. Um, now, taking it to the next level, there is a concept called hydroelectric pumped storage. And um, specifically, there's a great example. There's actually a facility here in Lancaster. Um, and let me just pull up the name here. It's a, it's a great example and interesting kind of to look at because it's real close by. Um, it is called Muddy Run Pumps, uh, the Muddy Run Pump Storage Facility. And if you live in Lancaster, or, um, you may have heard of the Muddy Run uh, Reservoir. So what the Muddy Run Pump Storage Facility does is um, because, um, you know, for, for these gas and, or excuse me, these coal and uh, natural gas powered, uh, powered uh, power plants, um, it is, it is most cost effective for them to just run at a continuous output all the time. It is most fuel efficient for them um, to, to, you know, to just keep running at a steady pace and not have to throttle up and down um, and, and that kind of thing. So, so what, when's that, what ends up happening is, um, when, you know, during the day when everybody's using electricity, um, um, the price of electricity is high. At night, these gas and, and coal-fired power plants are still producing electricity at the same output as they would during the day. So the demand for electricity is low and the cost of electricity is cheap, is, is low. Um, the price is, is low. So what Muddy Run Pump Storage Facility does is it buys electricity from these other producers and it uses that electricity to pump water from the Susquehanna into an upper reservoir, into the Muddy Run Reservoir. And they do that at night while those gas and natural, or excuse me, those natural gas and coal-fired power plants are still running at full output. Um, then, during the day, the water flows back down through the pumps so, so they have these really massive pumps that are actually called pump turbines. So not only can these turbine, these pumps, whatever you want to call, them, uh, these pumps can can not only uh, uh, you know spin one direction and pump water up uphill, uh, they can they can um, instead uh, let let the the water come downhill and push um, and produce power by spinning the pump in the opposite direction. It's called pump turbines. You can look it up. Look them up. They're super cool. Really, really, really neat. Um, um, 
and um, yeah, so, um, so 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 the interesting thing here is that if you look at the at the year-long electricity generation, like the net, like if you look at um, the the Muddy Run facility. Um, the, the the power plant here, and you look at the net amount of power that they produce in 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 a year. It's actually a negative number, and that's because the turbines, the pump turbines, um, the the pump turbines in that facility um, ha have an efficiency rating in in both modes. When they're in pump mode, they're only about ninety five percent efficient which mean, or, or that's just a number I'm throwing out there. For example, say they're 95% efficient, which might, might actually be pretty high. Uh, that might be an overestimate, but <clears throat> say, say they're 95% efficient. That means that 5% of the electricity uh, being sent into that turbine um, is, ends up being a loss. It generates heat um, instead of just, um, instead of that energy being used to purely just push the water uphill and into the upper you know, pump it into the upper reservoir, um, some of it instead generates heat, and those are losses, and that's an efficiency loss, so it's only 95% efficient, so 95% of the energy going into that, um, into that pump is used, and then in turbine form, it's also, say it's 95% efficient again, it's probably less than that, but um, probably around there, and, and it's, um, and so 5% of the energy of the water coming back down from the upper reservoir to the lower reservoir, which should be, you know, which is producing electricity, you know, 5% of that power is lost to heat and other losses, okay? <clears throat> um, and to cavitation and other things uh, that's, you know, in the hydro realm, if, if you're uh, in the know there. So, <clears throat> so on a year long basis, they don't actually, they don't actually end up on a net netting a, a positive input into the grid. Um, they actually end up taking out um, large amounts of, of electricity over over the lifetime of the facility. However, we all benefit. You know th th that's a minor loss because we all um, and, and it's and the benefits obviously outweigh outweigh the the negatives here um, because um, because they're able to produce a massive amount of power during the day. Um, this pump storage facility is able to produce around um, a th over a thousand megawatts, which is about 80%, uh, maybe 75, 80% of the biggest um, coal-fired power plant um, <clears throat> here in York County. So, so during the day, they are able to crank out some serious power. And say it's a really hot day and everybody in York and Lancaster counties are using their AC. They they're going to need the full capacity, uh, you know, of of that pump storage facility on that day. So they're going to be running th full throttle that day. You know, if not, you know, say say, um, you know, it's just a it's it's not so much of a hot day, and not everybody's using the AC. Um, then then that you know pump storage facility probably isn't isn't running at full capacity, um, giving the full output. So. I just wanted to bring that up. Uh, there's a lot of question around um, around around you know if we have renewables, if we have solar power, wind power, um, <clears throat> how we're going to store that energy when we're, when it's not windy or when the sun's not out. Um, this is a really neat way that 
um, really, really interesting um, way of storing electricity um, <coughs> that we um, that that we've been using for decades, decades and decades, um, just to just as a cheaper way of selling electricity to the consumers. Because in this, in in the end, this serves um, this this saves money for us and for the companies that produce that 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 sell money or excuse me that sell electricity to the grid so um um so it's just something to think about it's been, this is something that's been around for decades it's not without its costs of course if you're going to build an upper reservoir you have to flood a large amount of area so that's got some amount of ecological costs um and that's you know of course an issue um but i just thought it was something neat something really cool you know it's there's no emissions involved um and it's and it's um you know it doesn't, doesn't require a whole ton you know a lot of batteries or anything like that it's it's a kind of neat way of uh of storing energy so um <clears throat> so yeah um that's it thanks for listening um if uh if you um uh, I, I would just like to point out that uh, this business, or excuse me, this podcast is sponsored and um, is uh, presented by Lockwood Lawns, which is my zero emissions lawn service. If you're curious about that at all, you can go to LockwoodLawns.com and um, and, and kind of learn about the business and what what uh, what services I provide. Um, it's the, the our bread and butter is just having a 100 100% solar powered zero emissions lawn service, and uh, this is how we advertise. Um, so that's it. Thank you very much. Have a great rest of your summer and, uh, hopefully sometime in August we'll, uh, get back here with a, uh, uh, another, another podcast, maybe something health related. So take care. Have a great rest of your week guys. Bye.